0: Stinky tofu club. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Stinky Tofu Club. I'm Rose, one of your three co-hosts.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Gabe. Nice to meet you. And I'm Henry.
0: So today we're gonna start off by talking a little bit about something um, the three of us I experienced or like had challenges with since like we were little or like especially what during our childhood. Um, so for me, for example. Um, I grew I was born in Canada but I moved to Taiwan when I was really young and then I came back to Vancouver when I was in grade three so um for me at that time um I I was more like um Asian influence like in terms of um education and culture so i I really like it was really hard to learn for me to connect with people in class or like when like what came back to when I went back to school um so like there some there are like a lot of challenges in terms of languages And these are some things I talked about with some of my friends before as well. And I noticed that a lot of people also felt the same way. Um, So this is why we're going to be talking about that today. So um, when I was little, um, I don't know if the two of you have, like, went through the same things before. But, um, like, for me, it was really hard for me to talk to people. Like, when I I was in grade three, for example, um, when I was talking to my friends, it was hard for me to make just like understand what they were saying. And it was also difficult for them to understand what I was saying because of all like the language barrier. Um, and then after a while, when I started getting more influenced by, um, the, my friends, my my, my English started getting better, but in terms of, but whereas at home, it was hard for me to communicate with my parents. So I was wondering, like, if you guys have went through that as well. Uh,
2: with parents, uh, I think so. Absolutely. Because what, I guess growing up in the childhood, with the childhood I had, and you know, having more parents that were either more strict and had more rules that all of my friends, their parents wouldn't uh, implement for them. So then there was, I guess, in terms of friends versus parents, there's that disconnect, right? Where I wasn't able to uh, properly communicate what I was thinking with my parents, knowing they won't understand me and knowing that my friends would. And that would may often cause resentment in between, especially within my own family, right?
1: And And so did you feel like that was more of a, like a generational gap issue, or was that more of a cultural issue with your parents having grown up in a different environment than you did?
2: I feel like it's like a mix. I think it was, I, I felt like it was a mix of everything because When in terms of if we want to dive into it and kind of talk about identity crisis, for me personally, identity crisis was me trying to figure out who I was, but then also being able to like conform myself to depending on the people I was hanging out with, right? If it was, especially those that were pretty prominent for me in university, if I was hanging out with more more Western kids, kids that grew up in, in Canada and weren't Asian, then I feel I feel myself losing that part of myself, but being able to adapt and be more, uh, more Western in my in my uh, in my thoughts, and definitely less connected to my roots, right? And then because of that, I feel like there's a disconnect with me and my parents. So it always depends on the people I was I would hang I was hanging out with growing up, and that that was my experience, right? It, I felt like. Um, I felt like Ditto, right, from Pokemon, just being able to mold myself. I was just, so that's my identity crisis, right? Not knowing who I was, but also knowing that I, I was really good at adapting and uh, being what my friends would want me to be. And that in that sense, I would lose myself, but also fit well with everybody. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. No, I think that makes sense. Right. So, like a sacrifice of the individual, mm-hmm. just because you wanted to feel welcomed within yourself right, exactly. your right,
2: exactly, and then eventually by doing that so much, you also lose like what your parents want you to be, and you try to up, like you try to please them as well, and then you just you're not yourself at the end. You're not yourself, and that's like the worst feeling. So that's my experience I, with it.
1: I think you brought up a couple of really interesting things to consider, right? Where. Because of your environment, you seek social acceptance. And yet, there's almost multiple environments, right? So, there's your home life with your family, there's your environment with your friends. And then, say, once you uh, move into more of a professional environment with work, there's also the environment at your workspace, right? And so, m- n- these things don't always align. And more often than not, they probably won't align. And the degree of overlap isn't that high. And so, what was that moment for you where you found that you started to understand how you wanted to shape your own identity? Well, maybe not how you wanted to shape your own identity, but more discovering what aspects of each environment that you held within your own identity and you started to maybe not uh, conform as much based off of the specific environment that you were in? Or, or do you not conform as much like what was there even that change
2: I would say for me I would say I'm still trying to figure that out right (laughs) I'm still trying to set either set boundaries for myself uh and trying to establish who I am as a person not be such a people pleaser because that's been a been a big struggle for me uh oh what about you Rose do you feel like you kind of know who you are
0: no, I think I'm yeah. still so working through that right? I think as that's well. That's
2: <laughs> yeah, like still kind of finding mm-hmm. it, right? But then, how mm-hmm. do you go about? What well, What are some key moments that you guys realize that? Oh, um, this isn't who I am. Like, what are where are the lines you guys draw?
1: I think for me, it's what's been really interesting is so from a young age, I've I've always been very hot headed and very strong opinioned, right? So I would I would. I think in the fifth grade, I fell in love with biology and I was like, okay, I'm going to go down the path of being a doctor because this is what I want to do. And that stuck all the way through college until all of a sudden, I think I was in my junior year and I was like, I don't really enjoy this that much anymore. And I don't think the commitments that you have to make to your career and the profession, because you, you, you really give up so much when you're a doctor and you're there to serve your Uh, patients right and so being on call all the time that just didn't appeal to me as much and so that was a bit of a transition period for me Um, really uh, I think finding out afterwards and experimenting with um, computer science business all of that stuff I started to find and carve out more of a direction in regards to how I wanted to change and Uh, other things that I wanted to do and pursue from a professional standpoint. And so, I think what's really interesting about that is when you feel like you, quote unquote, haven't really found yourself yet, Mm -hmm. right, you're still out there exploring and you're trying to find out what you like and what topics interest you, right, as well as where you want to direct development of your skill set or where you want to spend time performing activities. And yet, on the flip side of things, when you really know yourself it's still not always like very rosy there's still times where you will feel like you don't really understand yourself and i think those are inflection points in my own personal growth where i've noticed changes based off of uh, like very slow long-term changes that have occurred over time and they've really accumulated and changed the way that i've viewed specific things that I thought I liked before. For example, uh, the profession of a doctor as one of them. And Mm -hmm. then afterwards, switching over to computer science. And now, I mean, AI is basically my passion. So I I think that's a very interesting thing for me to consider in regards to the balance between, uh, quote unquote, not knowing yourself and, quote unquote, knowing yourself.
2: Well, I like that, though, because you touch on passion being an element of finding yourself, it's not just uh, trying to try, trying to fit in—it's not just trying to conform to your environment or pleasing others. It's then adding elements of what you love and your passion that all eventually are stepping stones to finding who you are, right? But then, my—I have a question for you, guys. And I'm gonna steer more in the culture side. Us being Asian, but growing up very in in, in Canada, so very Western. Uh, what did you identify yourself as, Asian, when you were younger in childhood? Were you did you feel like you were Asian? Or, and then, are you more in touch with your roots now? Or are you still, do you still find yourself more on the Western side now that uh, you've also moved to San Francisco, oh, San Francisco is pretty Asian, but you moved to America now, right, Henry? <laughs> and I just, uh, you're, I mean, San Francisco is still pretty, Pretty. it's a pretty big Asian yeah, hub, it's, right? But I've yeah. always been really curious because, uh, were you guys born in Canada?
1: Yes. No, so, well, Rose was. Rose I moved was. here when I was three.
2: You moved here three, so. For yep. you, I would say it's young, but not that young. I mean, So what did you guys kind of, where did you guys see yourself fitting with, I mean, growing up when you guys
1: were young?
0: I think when I was younger, like, I, like whenever people ask me, where are you are from? I just directly say, oh, I'm Taiwanese, um, just because, like, I really identify myself as a Canadian, I would say. But even though I was mm-hmm. born in Canada, um, I spent most of my younger years in Taiwan. So for me, like, that was like where my roots were from. Um, but then I think like growing up, up like now, whenever um, people ask me, I say like I'm Taiwanese Canadian. Um, cause I think like because I've been, like, I went through high school, elementary school, and also like also university here, um, in the North America. It's kind of like got me more accustomed to like some of the like, Western thinking or like culture. And then mm-hmm. even though like I'm not like neglecting my Asian, um, like background background, whatever. Um, I like. I think like it's like kind of like a mix for me now. I don't think I'm like exactly like Taiwanese because I don't, wait, like, I don't like vibe. I don't like. Don't vibe well. I don't like fit well. Whenever I um, communicate or like talk to like really like eight, um, people who are like, exactly from Taiwan, um, and then like when when I'm talking with people here, like I also feel like some kind of like disconnect with them as well. So I think I'm like I'm in the middle.
2: You're In the middle. Mm. Yeah. And what about you Henry? I mean
1: I grew up in Canada All right so <laughs> that that pretty much answers the question for you right uh, uh, I mean so I call myself Canadian and mm-hmm. uh, I'm the reason I do that is because I think no matter where I end up living afterwards, even if I do choose to spend more of my time in the us in regards to um, career professional development and whatnot or like I fall in love with the US as a country itself later on I think at my roots Canada was really that place that presented me with opportunity and so many memories Mm -hmm. and so that's why I'm 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 just proud to be Canadian obviously there are some things that I don't necessarily agree with when it comes to politics but that's that's a different story right and I think that occurs Mm -hmm. with any group but in regards to being stuck between like a Asian and an American culture. I think when it really clicked for me was going to Queens in my freshman year because Queens is in Kingston, Ontario and it's more a predominantly Caucasian population. Right. But I spent, uh, I mean, I spent a couple of years in Montreal, but I really spent most of my time growing up in Vancouver, which is really just, I think it's like 70, 80% Asian population with a, like a, 70% 70, um, 70% being, like, Chinese or Indian. Okay. And so it's it's a very, not as balanced of a cultural representation, I would say, in that area. And so moving to Queens during my freshman year, I really felt disconnected with a lot of that Asian stuff. So, for example, TNT supermarket. I couldn't just go out, cross the street, and then find all of the Asian food that I grew up with, right? And the restaurants right accessibility to restaurants or just this this is this point specifically i've noticed is that i'm used to speaking mandarin at home right and yet i didn't get very many opportunities to speak mandarin and if if you think about a balance of how you interact with people i'd say maybe like 30 40 is spent outside of the home speaking english with other people, right? And Mm. then the rest is spent at home speaking Mandarin with my family. And so it felt like I had lost half of who I was because I wasn't able to um, really participate and express that other side of myself. So I think that was the biggest culture shock for me. And also that like identity crisis moment where I had always thought I was more Westernized, but am I really that Westernized? And is there another part of me that perhaps I should be a little bit more in touch with, or that I may be missing out on?
2: Okay. So you, before Queens, you thought, you thought that you were quite Western until arriving there, you thought you weren't Western at yeah. all. And that's when the identity crisis comes up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. okay, it comes along.
0: Actually, I can kind of relate to that can, too. Yeah,
2: I can relate to that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I see that because, but then I would say for, for, I guess, for our case specifically, us, Joining our Taiwanese club at school. We actually got in touch more in touch with our roots more than ever Than we were growing up at home. Okay, but me more. I would say more me for me most specifically. I was not Because I growing up. I didn't really consider myself Taiwanese I thought I was. I I said I was Canadian because growing up I was growing up with white kids I I lived in a very suburban area. This is before High school right so in my younger age elementary school I was living in the suburbs uh, in the suburbs with white kids and you know playing ice hockey during the winter soccer in- and during the summer so very much very white right but then because I consider myself white I couldn't grasp the rules that my parents would implicate and uh, implementing with me compared to my friends right do I know you guys had that experience those outlandish uh, rules uh, placed by strict tiger moms but that was so hard for me, you, you don't know, you don't know what nope, that's like?
1: never. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea, so here's the interesting part, right? I think my mom and her relationship with my grandparents was very interesting because she felt like mm-hmm. her parents were a little bit too controlling in some of the activities. She felt like she didn't get enough opportunity to do extracurricular activities and really decide her own career path. And she was more being directed by her parents to do so. And so with Mm. us, that was a really big thing that she wanted to change. It's a similar story with my dad as well. And so really, for me and my brother, it was like, they would suggest things to us that they think might be cool for us to try. And then afterwards, they would push us to try it first. And ultimately, whether or not we wanted to continue with the activity was up to our discretion. I think the other thing was, um, I mean, Mm. immigrant parents, they were working a lot. And so... Like we usually didn't see them until like 6 p.m. Mm. because they would have to commute home and so between 3 and 6 it was 3 hours for us for me and my brother to just oh, do whatever okay, we okay. wanted right? we could hang out with friends we could read a book, play games, whatever and so there is a lot of freedom and flexibility in that sense that just continued to expand as we grew older and then by the time we were in high school it was basically like Okay, I curfew. see, yeah, I see.
2: So that's kind of <laughs> where we differ yeah. than in, in childhood because having, I had a stay-at-home mom. Did you yeah. have, was your, yeah? you had a stay-at-home? Right, so when you have a stay-at-home mom.
0: I had a stay-at-home mom too, yeah. Yes. Especially yeah. cause they all moved to Canada with us. So like, my, my mom like left okay, her job right. and then my dad and like- In my experience,
2: once you have a stay-at-home mom, the, the her kids are her, her entire life, like right? her <laughs> own whole entire reason of living, yeah. So then, mm-hmm. everything. Like her universe. The big <laughs> boss, right? And everything you do, is like the mm-hmm. micro uh, micro management is so high, right? For so what was st- I? Wa- we could, I wanted to run out some of the rules because some of these rules of me growing up is crazy. Would you, did you have some crazy crazy rules growing up, Rose? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. And for th- li- those those that are listening, that don't have Tiger too. Moms. You're going to be surprised. And those that do have about you're going to I'm be very curious someone. now. You're not, you know, you're not the only ones out there. So you don't resent your parents.
0: <laughs> so one of the rules, one of the rules was we're not allowed to sleep over at other people's houses, but people can sleep over at ours.
2: That's that's And I can attest to that. That was <coughs> yeah. huge in my house too. I didn't have my first sleepover till I was like 16. Maybe. And I didn't want to call it a sleepover anymore because mm-hmm. when you're 16 years old as a guy, like, oh, I'm I was <laughs> not want to wait, was, that your, was it a And wait,
0: was that at your place or someone else's?
2: It was at my, it also, I had, it was also at my mm-hmm. place too. I didn't get to really go and sleep over at other place, other, I was at my the friend's same.
0: house. I was 15 or 15. 14, 15 maybe. I, think I was 15 when I had my first sleepover and it was at my house.
1: And so I'm really curious now, right? Did they ever miss maybe say like eavesdrop while you guys were hanging out and eavesdrop
2: no eavesdrop no so okay. like my parents wouldn't stop but my pa- my mom especially would call she would call okay. me oh i don't want before, I think before i go into this story i want to hear <laughs> wh- uh, what were roses what were your parents what was your excuse right because when you're 14 nothing your parents can say would justify you not being over. <laughs> it just didn't make sense so like what would so, what were your parents excuse
0: my mom was just worried that because she's not like she's like she says she's saying that oh um if i go over to other like another person's house like she wouldn't she wouldn't know anything that's going on so she would worry okay. the whole night and then she doesn't want to go through that whereas if people come to our house i'm at that i'm just gonna be still at home and if mm-hmm. she can see what i'm doing or like, at least hear if anything is happening yeah. and then she can still be there for me so that was like her worries um and then I remember, like, I used to like, argue with her about this a lot. <laughs> like, my friends they would tell me, "Oh, um, like, there's no what's the difference? In, like, if your parents can, if your parents know, my parents well enough that you can come sleep over, yeah. right?" But then my mom's like, "No, they the can only come to our house." Things
2: to do growing up, is just the f- <laughs> <It's> relaying like... <laughs> your immigrant parents' rules to your friends, and which they will never understand unless you have immigrant parents, <laughs> because they, your friends will just think of you. Yeah. you're crazy. Your whole family. Yeah, like, is what do you mean? Right. <laughs> Okay.
0: <clears throat> yeah. When I was in grade twelve, my friends and we were trying to organize a sleepover at another friend's house, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh no, my mom would never agree to it." And they're like, "Why not? You're you're eight, you're seventeen. Why would your mom not agree to you sleeping over?" It? And I was yeah. like, "You guys, my mom just yeah. will not say yes I'm like this at my house." And they're like, "No, we don't want to go to your house. We've done that before. We want to go to someone else, like the other person's house." And then so my friends they ended up writing a letter no. to, directed to my mom. They're like. Um, dear, um, Mrs. Chang, yeah. like, like, writing, uh, like, a letter to my mom. Oh, but I, but like I never that gave that letter worked, to my though,
2: mom. Cause, <laughs> isn't that really respectful?
0: <laughs> no, it wouldn't, cause, but... No, cause, like, right before I brought, like, right before I wanted to give that letter to my mom, um, I brought up the whole thing again. Okay, yeah, and then we I, got feel that, I feel that, I that. So then like, I was like, oh, and then, like, yeah, so she was like, there's no way I would bring out that letter, be like, oh, my mom, my friends wrote a letter. Oh
2: my god
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, see,
2: you don't know this, huh, honey? Yeah. Uh
1: You, you want to know how different our experiences were? So, I don't uh, think I had my first sleepover until high school either, but that was just because of the way things were. Um, but in high school, senior year, right, I would go out to parties, And so we'd have parties between friends and whatnot. And then afterwards, I don't think I made it home until like 11 or midnight, right? But the thing is, I I was a responsible kid. I was a responsible kid. So I would go home, right? I would bus home by myself as well, open the door, every, like, like it's not like my mom came to pick me up. I would just bus home right in the winters and then afterwards walk open the door right and all I see is a hallway light that's on and then my mom and my brother they're both already asleep and so I just turn off the hallway light and I go to sleep and then my mom wakes up early and she probably wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom right so if she sees the hallway light is Mm. off then she knows I made it home right I also make sure to text her as well but sometimes I forget to text her and she'll just check the light and then she's like, "Yeah, I think he's home." And then she'll probably check him on my room, or something, to make sure I'm home. but that, that was how yeah, it that worked. Makes sense.
2: Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yo, my mom's crazy. My mom would stay up. You know how much pressure that is.
0: My, my mom, mom would stay, stay up because too.
2: once I passed that curfew, because midnight curfew is so late for a high school kid. Well, for I was so it's, late. It's in pretty life.
1: late for a high school kid.
2: oh she's getting ready to school. She's winding up, loading her, her, her nagging. Once I open that door. And she barge out of. She's got room. the
1: slipper in one hand, ready to uh-huh. whip your ass yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So, so you know, coming home at midnight was unheard of.
1: Yeah, I think it. It also depends on like the area, right? If you told me you were, like, Montreal downtown, and your place lived, uh, and your, your friend lived on like one of those like clubbing streets, right? And then afterwards, you had to get home through the subway system back to say. Uh, bell center on your own i think i would be a little bit concerned um when when i transited home it was like it was still 20 30 minutes but it was like i'm in suburbia waiting for a bus and because there's it's suburbia the bus doesn't come that often and that's why or like i would walk home through a really nice park in a really safe region of the suburbs right uh
2: i wanted to throw out another rule that was going on my household and this is for me and all my brothers right it's uh, planning your outings with your friends, right? So, in our own house, right? If I know there's a party in two weeks, I am not going anywhere with, within, for the next two weeks. There's only so many cards I can deal, right? So I'm like, okay, there's this big event I want to go to. And if there's like, oh, my friends will be like, oh, do you guys want to meet up for just a dinner? No, I can't, I can't. I have to go to that party. I can't ask for more than, you know, the, the cards I've dealt with, been dealt with.
1: So you're gonna use up your money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
2: exactly. And you got, and then for the next two weeks, it's, all you do is study. You you get as much good grades as you can to justify you going out, right? And this, and, and I was like, yes, it's fair. It makes it's very rational. But that's not, that is not what's happening in my friend's house. It's where like, mom, hey mom, dad, I'm going out. Okay, if for me, it's, I'm going out. Why? Why do you want to go out? <laughs> what's the reason? What have you, what have you done to go out? And that, that was so hard for me <clears you> to <throat> understand and grasp which is why I got in trouble a lot, because then through me growing up, and this is a funny story, because once I got into high school, and this was during Singapore, I would then, uh, once school fin- once school's once school finished, I'm supposed to take the school bus home. We pay for that stuff, right? But I would instead prefer to take this tra- public transport subway, because then I can eat with my friends and then take the subway home, and then be like, oh, mom, I took the bus, I'm on my way home. Like, I would lie that I- I'm on the bus. Uh, so one time, um, after eating, I'm on the way back home with friends, and my mom calls me. He's like, "Oh, where are you? Like it's so late, where are you?" She go, and I go, "Oh, don't worry, mom, I'm on the bus." And this chatter, so it sounds like bus stop, right? "Oh, mom, don't worry, I'm I'm on the bus." Blah blah blah. And then my friends are just they're they're quiet because they know my parent, they know my mom. Like a couple seconds go by after me saying I'm on the bus, this is what you hear. Doors are closing. Next stop, Ang Mokyo, which is a, a stop in, in, the, in the subway line. I am just like, fk me. My mom was like, did you just lie to me? Did you?" Just? And then lying to your immigrant parents is such a big deal. I was like, did you just lie to me? I'm like, um, uh, uh, so like translation, like, you're dead when you get home. When you're home, you're dead. And she hungs up, she hangs up on me. And for the next, uh, rest of the subway ride, I didn't talk to my friends. I wanted to cry. I just sat there really excited. And my friends knew like, not to talk to me because they were like, Oh, Gabe's dead. Gabe's f***ing dead. There's no, even, there's no point to even tease him because his parents, his mom, f***ing kill him. Oh, dude, I felt so bad. I got betrayed by the public transportation. Because you know, in Asia, transportation, you make noise.
1: They're
2: like, doors are closing. You know, And that's what my mom heard. That was a scary And So what
1: happened once you finally got home?
2: Oh, she she didn't. Uh, so she didn't speak to me at first, which is the worst, right? I come home, I say hi, Absolutely. nothing. So I go to my room and work, and then after she opens my door. She does, come here, come here, and then it's like, and then I say, and then says, when I tell you, uh, to take subway, you take subway, and then but I'm like, and then she then she goes on this rant. It's like if you want to do this, don't lie to me. But then I there's that excuse of like, if but if I tell you I want to do, it, you're not gonna let me. So it's like, it's, it's, there's no, it's a lose-lose situation, right? It's she's like, I don't care, you don't lie to me. But then, if I tell her she won't let me go. So then I was stuck in that kind of loop for a long time. I still, I still did it more than once, you know? I, still, I still kept doing it, I just gotta time my, I still stop answering the calls. Answering you just that can't
0: answer the call when a door opens and you closes.
2: Just can't answer, exactly, you, I learned my lesson. You just can't answer the door when I'm arriving or departing a station. But that was insane. So, so yeah, that was, I could not, and people didn't understand that. Like, I, Oh, are you free next weekend? Yes. I'm free technically, but am I going out? Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. I can't. It's not, it's not happening.
0: And like some of your friends, like they go on like spontaneously and they like just call you up like, yes. Oh, you want to come out? And then I'm just like, um, no, I can't. I have to ask my mom. Yeah. <laughs> like even oh, I mean, like hard. even back when, um, I came back for like the summer or winter break, um, like, during university, I still have to ask my mom, like, oh, mom, I'm gonna be going yes. out, um, is that okay? It's not like that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spontaneous, yeah, spontaneous trips are out of the question. Mm-hmm. Same day, same day events, forget about it. You gotta let me know for 48 hours minimum in advance, mm-hmm. if you want me to go to Do you go think to that'll with,
1: change uh, the, once you guys move out, though, or will they still call uh, you up and then be like, yo, where you at?
2: But I think that's just because we're living at home. Like, because I'm, I'm currently living at home. Rose is living at home. Yeah, and that's like one of the big incentives of me wanting to move out, right? Because it was so different when we were in university, being able to live on our own away from parents. So that c- contrast is so big. Are you, I feel like you feel like you're suffocated living at home because there was so much freedom in university.
0: I think like for me though, there's like because I'm working now, and then also I think like. um when I went to, when I was away from university, I didn't have to spend that much time with my family. So whenever I come back, I think my mom, like, she, or like my parents, both my parents, they've gotten more, um, like, chill about these things. So if I were to bring stuff up, like, the day before, like, oh, I might be going out tomorrow, they'll be more okay. And they won't stop me from doing that. Mm-hmm. And then even, like, like, right now, since I'm working now, I think <clears throat> because, like, I'm earning my own money, they're more okay with if I just say, oh, I'm going to be going out. But they just want to be notified. So they can like, maybe like plan like yeah. the rest of the day or like plan like their dinner, like around it, right? Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah. If you do go out, just let you know, you gotta let the mom yeah. know. Cause um, you know, mom's cooking. You don't want her to cook more than she mm-hmm. has to. Right. So yeah, it's the same here. It's definitely better now, but g- high school, was, like growing up yeah. high school, was rough.
0: high school and elementary was like <laughs> very intense.
2: <laughs> Your friends never mm-hmm. saw you besides class.
1: So I'm curious right. about another thing, right? And so did you guys end up... So so, so, how did you keep in touch with your friends, right? Were you guys just texting all the time then and that's how you kept in touch? Or were, did you guys use like MSN, Discord, whatever?
2: Okay, when did you guys first get... When did you guys first get your phone, first phone and when did you guys get Facebook? Because I guess our generation, our first... Were you guys using MS, MSN? I've never so, used MSN yeah, with my were you guys friends. Using MS? No, right? <coughs> w- was Facebook our first kind of No, I used MSN, so I think it was you elementary school. You did? School, oh, okay.
1: And then Whoa. a couple of my friends had <laughs> older <text time>. siblings. <laughs> it, right, I think I was like grade five or grade six, and then some of my mm-hmm. friends had older siblings, and so we couldn't keep in touch when school was over, right? Like mm-hmm. after 4 mm-hmm. p.m., people had to go home and whatnot. And so whenever we got computer time, we would, like, sit together, yeah. MSN, either be on call or, like, mm-hmm. text and type messages, and then we'd play MSN games together.
2: Damn.
0: I've seen my older but, cousins use MSN, and I've used it with my parent or, like, my family members when I was in elementary, but I never used it with my friends. I think, like, actually, like, before, when I, like, first got my phone, it was just text, and then afterwards, right. it was Facebook. And yeah, I didn't get yeah. Facebook I didn't... until I was, like, grade 7. I think, like, right when it was, like, the... The legal age
2: supposedly Facebook 13 yeah. 13 or 12 yeah okay yeah so that's me too so I, same order uh, but i also did a little bit of emailing oh. before facebook
0: <laughs> and I, it,
2: I there was a time where where i where i was cleaning out my inbox and i did went back to to see old emails i don't know why i wrote it so formal the emails <laughs> are so formal with friends it made no sense you had the correct heading you had the sign out <laughs> It was so formal. It didn't feel like a text message. You're writing basically handheld letters electronically, right? The, the way you always conversing. So a little bit of email, and then Facebook came along. Uh, Yeah, Facebook and then phone. Mm-hmm. What was everyone's first phone? Did we all have the same? I'm just curious.
0: Mine was and my dad's like really old phone. So it was like an HTC, HTC something or oh, Yeah. Okay. Actually, no, before yeah. that, I used my cousin's used phone. It was a Sony sit like, the one that really slide, and there's, like, a keypad.
1: Yo! <gasps> you were the cool kid! She <laughs> was the cool kid! <laughs> but yeah, was,
2: there it is. I, Rose was one of the popular kids, everywhere. It's pop Squad, everyone. And that was, like, pop, pop I squad. only used Rose it for, like, three months. Up.
0: <laughs> I used it for, like, three oh, months. My God. And then, the oh. thing is, like, I can only send texts with my friends. And I had a limit of I think it was like a hundred texts a month, so I couldn't even keep a conversation for like one than like five oh, minutes
1: no <laughs> hold on let's 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 talk about this because I don't think people will understand how deep in shit you got, right? So in Canada, we have some of the worst cell phone plans in the world, right pricing wise and I think we still do, but anyways that's that's not the point. The point is. Back then we had, like Rose said, limits on text messaging, right? Hmm. And so you wanna continue the conversation. And it's not like you're gonna count every single text. Every message. Single. <laughs> and you don't have access to the account because the account tracks it, but it's not like you're gonna ask your mom every single day, hey, how many hey, can you add more limits <laughs> Or like can you add more limit, right? Yeah. And so you're just texting, texting, texting until the end of the month comes and then afterwards they hit with like the text overage bill. And back then texting was like like, like if you sent an additional 50 texts, that was like using another gig of data. And so they would slap you with like $20, $30, that kind mm-hmm. of sh- oh, amount of money. And, oh, I got my ass beat for that. They're like, why are you texting so much, right? What are you texting for? Why, why aren't you sleeping, right? Why can't you just talk to your friends while you're at school? And why am I paying an additional 20, 30 bucks a month for you to text friends? I got in so much trouble for that.
0: You know, I actually yeah. counted the number of texts I sent, just because I didn't want to go past a 100 you, limit. Because if like, oh, well, I, like, went past a 100 limit, can. I would probably be, like, <laughs> my
1: ass. So what I learned <laughs> I'm my, my parents enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, my
0: phone would this get taken away, so I was like, trial. okay, no, I cannot go past a 100. Mm. And then, you know, when you send yeah. texts, sometimes you send, like, really short texts, just in response. I never mm-hmm. do short texts, I do very long, I was like, please, I'm typing a paragraph to my friends
1: you got to make it worth yeah, it, Yeah, right? I have to make, make it, it worth it. it.
0: <laughs> I wait for them to, repl- oh. like, send out all their messages, and then I send it all in one chunk.
2: Was, was your, was, but were your phones, did it, did it have keyboard text? Yeah,
0: for you guys? <clears throat> like, I slide it, and then I, I did, like, the keyboard right.
1: text. My first ones didn't, so I had the, so, like, the nine buttons, right? And then that's what just I'm saying. click, 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 and then you finally I had, you get a I had or, the or whatever. I had the brick,
2: I had the brick Nokia, right? Nokia, with, with no flip, no, no. nothing, <laughs> it was just a brick, okay? okay. And then the reason why I didn't text that much is because it would take me forever to write out one f-ing word. Wait, but when it's, did you guys get nine, your nine, first nine, phone? Nine, five, 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 five. I got my first phone in I grade grade f- 5. It was like uh, my grandma's phone. My, gr- my It was my gram- grandma or grandpa's mm-hmm. phone. So this is like, like a brick of Nokia that all you could do is Call, text, and play Snake.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Snake was so good. That, <laughs> that was, was pretty much, much the same.
2: That was the only shit you could do on that on that, on that that Nokia phone. And, 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 you and drop it a bunch Snake of times and class. never break. Yeah, yeah.
0: I never so played I, Snake on the
1: phone. never played Snake? <laughs> no. Oh, classic. You missed out. You missed out. Yeah. <laughs> classic.
0: Yeah. I got my first phone. <laughs> I was in grade 6. Game. And grade I six. used like that Sony sim for like three months or so. And then I switched to my dad's old HTC. And then there was some weird thing about HTC bathroom where there's, like, a limit of, like, the, um, of like, the characters you could send, send per text. So, like, whenever oh, I like hit that oh, character limit, yeah, like whenever I hit that character, I can't punch it anymore. It was just a giant text.
2: Twitter post. Each text was, said, like, Basically. a Twitter post.
1: It used to be like that, though. And then the cool phones would, like, they would automatically split it into multiple text mm. messages for you. Yeah.
2: Mm. Were we not doing word by, like, line by line back then where you guys you guys were sending chunks of
1: yeah you send chunks sometimes (laughs) oh man.
2: i didn't i didn't text that much because it was just too hard not 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 smart enough to figure (laughs) out the letters and numbers (laughs) i mean i mean by the time i'm done with the text i'm done with i'll be done with the phone call that's true and back then i didn't have
1: like that good of autofill and so you actually had to type the whole word as opposed to just a couple (laughs) buttons and then it would yeah what that word is
2: your phone had auto like mm, autofill.
1: Uh, I think later on it did. So by the time I was like grade seven, grade eight, I think it did. But the
2: old garbage. But were you doing old? Sorry, auto complete, not autofill.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Auto complete, right? But were you still were
1: you on iPhone then already? Wait, when did
2: i the first iPhone?
1: Come no, from? I think I was on some old. I think iPhones were out by then, but they were still really expensive. Mm. <laughs> I they think were. I was were. on like a Samsung Android. Like yeah, it was Android I was Gingerbread Android. back then. Yeah.
2: No clue.
0: What yeah, Android no clue is, it's that is. Right. The <laughs> earlier version Sounds, of sounds candy. Fire, though.
1: Of uh it sounds fire. Android. It's so cool sounds though, like a Chris, they have, limited like, Christmas eggs. Eggs. release. E- what do you mean? So like if you go into the settings and then you click uh, on the software version, right? You'll have like uh-huh. an Android character pop up that looks like a gingerbread oh. or whatever and then it would like rain gingerbread androids. What? It was pretty cool. I felt I felt like a cool kid with that phone.
0: But. I would feel like a cool kid if I had that too.
2: Okay. Well, I guess we did go on a we, we derailed, did, <laughs> we derailed a little bit. <laughs> so we'll go back to what we were talking about, right? Um, being stuck between Asian and Western culture. I guess then we can move on to. Uh, so I have a question for you guys. Uh, now that we've kind of not fully understood who we are, but maybe culturally we're like okay. I am Canadian, but also Taiwanese. I know what it is to be Taiwanese. I know what it is to be Canadian. Cause then maybe growing up, for me, I didn't know what Taiwanese, being Taiwanese meant, right? I thought it was just because of the color of my skin. But now we have growing up, we know what that is like. When you guys have kids, what is your approach? And um, are you kinda, do you want to be, are you gonna be speaking Mandarin with your kids? Are you looking for a Mandarin speaking spouse or maybe a spouse of, a different culture to kind of uh have mixed-race babies because they're so freaking gorgeous <laughs> uh, they're so beautiful beautiful mixed-race babies is that what you guys sure looking enough? for <laughs> what is your approach
0: i think if i were to have kids not that i really want any but if i were to have kids um I want them to be able to speak Mandarin and actually like communicate with my parents at least because mm. <clears throat> you know like my par- like my parents like they know some English like studied in like the states before so they know some English but then even now like their ability is like getting like not is not as good as before like even like when like when they go out like they get confused sometimes about what people are saying to them or they don't know like sometimes they just I think can- it's I think it's just like com- with age like they don't react fast enough fast enough that they can like form a sentence like that they can like say back to the person so then i think like right. even like further into the future they will have a difficult time speaking the language and i would want my like, kids to be able to like communicate and like bond well with my parents but that is mm-hmm. if i have kids i don't really want them
2: <laughs> no i feel you I, I am at that stage of life too but like as you said if i do have kids i do see the difference about me growing up not being able to speak Chinese with my grandparents Mm -hmm. and not being able to talk to them now, like, the connection that you form is so much deeper. And it's like, you get to really, they get to really understand you Mm -hmm. because they're grandparents. They don't see you every day. So then you want to share as much as you can with them when you see them. And if you don't speak the language, it's so hard Mm -hmm. to do, right? And they don't get to see you quite often. So there's not that deep connection unless you speak the language. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I do agree. But I also would love my kid to be like, protocol. Quadri- quad, mm-hmm. right? So it's just maybe finding someone that speaks a completely different language, and then I can do my part maybe in Chinese, and then she'll do uh, he or she will do English at school, mm-hmm. and then my spouse will maybe teach something else, and then they can pick up. Oh, this and kid.
0: you know, like you end up learning that language Harvard. yourself too. I think what you said about like right. being like, able to like talk to your grandparents, I can really relate to because my grandparents mm-hmm. they speak like Taiwanese at home and then um like i never really learned how to speak but then i like i was like i watched like those like you know like those taiwanese like 8, 8 pm dramas yeah i watched all my grandparents so like so i don't onwards, know how, yeah right? i don't know how to like speak it yeah. that well but i can understand yeah. so i think like that's definitely one thing like as long as, i think like if you can understand that's like like a good thing as well like you don't have to like speak it perfectly but as long as you can understand and like maybe it's like my grandparents they know some mandarin too so like, if you just, like, throw in, like, a little mix of, like, Mandarin and, like, Taiwanese, or, like, for our kids, like, Mandarin and um, English, like, I think that will work well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so, if there's any listeners, young listeners right now, if you're, if you're Chinese descent, that is going through, su- like, what, Sunday Chinese school?
0: Saturday. Right? That,
2: isn't that, it Saturday? Oh, Saturday. It's <laughs> Saturday. Saturday. If Saturday, if Saturday. You're <laughs> Saturdays, and you're complaining, and then you're saying, keep at it, keep going, because when you're getting older, like. Hearing from your parents is one thing, but from if you're hearing from like other people, like mm-hmm. keep at it. It's gonna be such a strong skill for you, your family, and you. Pro- I promise you won't regret mm-hmm. knowing how to speak another language.
1: I, I mean, I disagree a little bit because I I like having that part of being able to understand and communicate. I think that's really critical. But my argument against going to Chinese school is that. Going to school starts to take some of the fun out of it, or at least it did for me, because it was just like homework all the time, right? And you were forced to do something and go somewhere that you didn't really want to be mm-hmm. there for. Okay, okay. I guess I didn't want to share. I didn't want to share it, but I guess I have to. I actually didn't get go to
2: Chinese school. I was, wow. But I wow. Guess, <laughs> but now I see it, it. took the fun out of it, right? I guess yeah. I can't speak everything's a end. scam. Yeah, it was not definitely
0: not fun. <laughs> You're just there was, for a just, like. So
2: is it not helpful then? Because then, if you're not, if they're not speaking Mandarin at home, that's why I said, if you're not speaking Mandarin at home and you're forced to go to Chinese school, it makes sense that this is the only place they can kind of learn it. But it was not useful. You guys went. You went I home? did.
0: I went for like, like at least seven years. Um, seven years. Yeah, but I would say like it's helpful. To, um, it was helpful to an extent. So like in terms of like Isn't... being able to read, it helped. Um, being able oh. to like write some write it helped but I'm um, actually being able to like communicate with people I would I don't think it really helped going to um, Chinese school because in Chinese school you're just like reading it off a textbook. it's like when you're learning like a new language for, like Japanese for example you're just learning off a textbook um and then like when you're actually talking to people it's really different right oh, there's so no
2: conversational element to it um
0: like there's oh, not as it's much like Chinese conversational. Kumon. yeah so for me (laughs) i think it didn't it helped to an extent Ah, and then my so like my mandarin was actually not that um not that like it was like not as good as when i actually when i first came here when after after i finished chinese school um it wasn't until i met some like Mm. um these like um twins who came directly from taiwan and then like they started talking to me a lot in mandarin i learned All my like communication and stuff from them
2: okay yeah there we go all right that was how i i retract i I (laughs) retract tell your parents i don't want chinese school and make chinese friends is that better yeah Yeah. that's 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 exactly because
1: there's like that's literally how i learned all of my mandarin right i i kid okay rose is a better student than i am but I'm pretty sure the reason I didn't spend seven or eight years in Chinese school is because I would have flunk out and my parents were just like, okay, we're going to stop now before mm. you get to that point. And okay. so I think I learned. So definitely, I think I support Mandarin at home mm-hmm. because that gets you to a mm-hmm. basic yeah. level yeah, of yeah, communication yeah. and it builds those habits for grammar because from a neurology perspective, right? what you learn later on is actually implanted in a different region of your brain. And so it doesn't come as smoothly for languages you learn later on in your life. So I think it's really important to establish that foundation when you're young. But in regards, so like from a grammar perspective, right? And how to formulate sentences. But in regards to reading and typing, not writing, because I don't think I ever write Chinese anymore. Mm-hmm. But reading and typing, all of that stuff I learned in like junior or senior year of college after making Chinese friends. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I think making friends and being surrounded in the culture and the environment is much more effective than being put into a quote unquote boot camp to teach you a mm-hmm. language. Okay.
0: And then there's like Hopefully different can... like things you can learn from all of like from what you do. So if, if you went to Chinese school, you'll definitely learn like more like some grammar, like writing and reading. Um, and when you're like communicating, when you're like talking with your friends, you learn how to like speak. The same for like when you're talking to your pa- parents or, like, family members, you learn to speak and you also learn the grammar. Um, and then when you're, like, texting or messaging your friends, like, you learn some... They're, like, obviously, like, in the beginning, you're not going to, like, type perfectly. There's going to be, like, wrong words, like, wrong grammar, because um, yeah, you're only used to speaking, right? But then I think, like, when you learn... When you, like, the more you do it, like, you'll learn, like, oh, this is not the right, like, word that I'm using or, like, the right character. Then, like, that's just how recognize, you... recognize... Yeah, yeah, you just start you to just recognize, recognize those things. Character. And I think, like, if you find other things to do, for example, like watch shows like that's what i did like watch like like when i watched like the soft operas with my grandparents like i reckon i started recognizing the words and co- like connecting them with like the pronunciation in taiwanese like that's how i learned too
2: okay yeah, yeah 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 Yeah. okay yeah hey,
1: amen <laughs> that's that's all i can say i preach that shit right there yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the
2: lesson there it is that's the lesson so that is it. That is it for today's episode, guys, with the Stinky Tofu Club. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure you follow us all on our, on our club, on our uh, podcast socials. We'll be posting that on our videos and linked in the in the v- video bios. And
0: and you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Stinky Tofu Club. Stinky Tofu Club.
2: Yeah, and at um, uh, Apple Music and Spotify as well. Alright. All right. Like, subscribe, right? Do we do we have to sit, we have to sit? Oh, <laughs> yeah. we're So new at this. We're so new at this. Sorry guys, you're like, very subscribed, comment good. below. There you go, there you go. Alright, we'll catch you guys on the next episode.
1: <laughs> Stay up to date on all things Stinky Tofu Club by following us on Instagram and TikTok at Stinky Tofu Club. And full episodes of our podcast can be found on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Stinky Tofu Club. Catch you next time. Bye.